I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are talking with Tina Wells. Tina is one of those magical unicorns who has lived 40 lives in a single adulthood. She founded Buzz Marketing Group at 16 years old and ran it for two decades working with clients like Oprah Winfrey Network, Kroger, Apple, P&G, Johnson & Johnson, and more. She's the author of 16 books and now works as a business strategist advisor, author, and founder of Relevant Media, a multimedia content venture that brings culture-shifting storytelling and beloved products to market through innovative partnerships. Oh, and um, she just launched a line at Target. Hi, Tina. Welcome to the show. Oh my goodness. I am so, so thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. I am so excited. Um, after we did your bio, like I know everyone's like, we need to hear your story. Like, How, did your, how has this been your journey? You know, Sarah Jane, I started as an accidental entrepreneur, right? I was a teenage entrepreneur, did not at all know that I was launching a business or anything. I really just wanted to be a writer. And so my career started as um, a writer for a newspaper for girls called the New Girl Times. And that grew into a market research career, um, which grew into me founding one of the first millennial marketing agencies in the world at that time. Uh, grew into me having an influencer marketing practice and then stumbling into middle grade fiction. And so I had a lot of these like very whimsical accidental moments. And I feel like now I live very intentionally and I'm really focused on how I can create one opportunities for women, women of color, people who look like me to build brands, and also how I can really contribute to content in a way that is really inspiring for you know the next generation of young readers that really includes diverse characters. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing because I feel like I remember growing up that didn't exist. I mean, there was you know, it was very few representation, like very little representation. Yeah, there still is so little representation. We're talking about less than 10% of middle grade protagonists being, you know, children of color. And so uh, I think across the industry, they're really trying to address it. And they're so focused and we see so many amazing series popping up. Um, But I have been so lucky to contribute 14 books in the last three years in this space across three different series. And so... um, been very busy with with middle grade writing and and just doing a little bit of you know product development with my brand at Target Elevation by Tina Wells and the accompanying book The Elevation Approach but I think what we're going to talk about today is that I was able to do all of these things while still maintaining my work life harmony and so um, I'm a big proponent of harmony over balance and I can't wait to talk about my approach to harmony over balance Yeah, I'm so interested in the fact that you've written, I mean, 16 books at this point. Like most people don't get to write that over the course of their entire lives. So not only writing that and being like, yeah, I'm I'm owning my my harmony here with this. How how did that like for those at home who've never heard the term work-life harmony, what's the difference between harmony and balance? Yeah, so balance basically says if you have a lot of work going on, you got to add a lot of life, right, to keep yourself in balance. So if you're in a season, let's say like right now we're in a season where so many people are celebrating graduations, right? There's a season when you're really focused towards the end, right, where there's a lot of work going on. So then what balance means is you got to add all this fun and partying and you're just adding and adding and adding. You know, whereas harmony says 
I get to decide what the perfect mix is for me, right? I like to define it as like creating your perfect meal and only you know what should be on that plate, right? And so there might be a lot of work on that plate and there may not be room on that plate to add a lot of fun and partying, but you can add bits and pieces here and there that still make it an incredibly fulfilling meal, right? And that's the goal with Harmony is to say, you know, I can't, I don't want to be in a like crush it, hustle all the time, um, whether it's hustling for something that's fun or hustling, you know, for work. And I also think we have to consider the fact that for so many of us, we do love our work. You know, so what if you, I could do what I do 24 hours a day, right? Like I need to rein it in too and know when to add some other stuff that's not related to work so that I can stay in harmony and show up as the best version of myself. And so the goal of the Elevation Approach is to help you bring your big dreams to life without losing yourself along the way. Mm. Which I love with the elevation approach, like the book talking about we're starting from that place even, which I think most of us, we like, we're like, you know, 10 years down the road, we come back and we're like, oh no, what have I done? I have to find Mm -hmm. my (laughs) purpose. Um, Do you find it more helpful to start with that mentality? Definitely, because then it allows you to be intentional, right? That's why you know, in in the four phases of the elevation approach, preparation, inspiration, recreation, and transformation, you know, we start with preparation. And the first principle of instant elevation is to declutter your space, right? Because you're making almost a commitment to yourself to say, I'm opening up space for the thing I want to show up, right? And it's not just about decluttering physical space. It could be digital space, emotional space, whatever you have to let go of to make room for the big thing that you want to call it, right? So that is why we talk about starting from a place of harmony so that you know what you want to maintain. But as I'm sure you saw throughout the book, there's so many pauses and breaks where you're asked to really have a conversation with yourself and figure out what it is that you need to do to keep moving forward. Yeah. I'm so interested in the statement of like making space because some of our Enneagram types out there, we like are action takers. We're quick. We pick up, we collect things to do. And one of the things I've had to learn like through like years of therapy, I wish I'd read your book, you know, three years ago is that like, I have to allow for silence in order to be, to receive anything because otherwise I'm, I'll just fill it all up. Oh, I, I used to be the same way. Um, and I liken it to, you know, like not getting up off the treadmill, right, or being on an express train. And that was my career. The first 20 plus years of my career, I was incredibly successful and I was lucky there weren't a lot of people doing what I was doing. I was getting a lot of media attention and it was just all things where I felt like, well, I'm very grateful and very lucky. Who am I to decide I want something different? You know, so that was really hard for me at that time to then when I decided I wanted to pivot was like, but you were, you know, you're so lucky to have been given this great career. But it was exactly what you said. I I finally took a moment. For me, I was sitting in Yellowstone. I was with a friend and literally we were on this little excursion where we had been tracking a bear all day. (laughs) And I'm like sitting in this little vehicle. I'm in the most gorgeous place I've ever been in my life, looking at buffalo. And, you know, there's something about sitting in nature And looking at the fact that all of this works without us, right? That you just realize I'm a little more insignificant than I'd like to think. (laughs) Like the world moves on without me and I can take a minute to just sit and, I don't know, try to find a grizzly bear. And then in that moment, it was just like, I don't want to go back to my agency. I want to do something new. But if I hadn't 
put myself in the position to sit there and be open to receiving that message, it never would have come, right? And so uh, wherever you are, I most certainly don't think you need to go to Yellowstone <laughs> to hear your message. But like, if you can close your eyes for five minutes in bed and try not to think about anything in the morning and see what comes into that space, like we all can find a way to make that time and make that space. I just wasn't doing that. Mm-hmm. So and then we go into you have inspiration next. Yeah. yeah. So inspiration is very different than you might think. Um, when I talk about inspiration and the elevation approach, it is, again, an approach to help you birth or bring your big idea or big vision for your life to reality, right? So I'm going to give you the steps to get the idea out of your head, onto paper, and action it. And inspiration is about taking, like, so in preparation, there are three important things you're going to do. You're going to declutter your space. You're going to get curious and you're going to know your numbers, right? Get to know your numbers. Mm. Once you've done that prep work, now it's about, okay, how feasible is this idea, right? You could go through preparation and say, I can actually do this thing. I don't know if it's like, I want to take my dream trip after I graduate from college to I want to open in this new business, right? You see it's feasible. What do we normally do after that? We go talk to what I like to call our cheerleaders who then co-sign the idea, But in inspiration, I'm challenging you to build relationships with a lot of different people who are your board of directors, your friend tours, like people who have done what you're trying to do. So, you know, if you're like post-college and you're like, I want to spend a year traveling, what does that feel like? You don't go ask your friends who haven't done it, who are like, oh my God, sounds amazing, right? You go ask the person who has done the traveling trip you're talking about and they can say, okay, it's pretty cool for three months and then this happens <laughs> and then you get a little lost and then it gets a little random and it's like, okay, good advice. Then you're the next person who's like, mine was spectacular, but it was because I did these four things, right? So it's important and inspiration that you're checking in with people who have done the thing you want to do, who can really help you land like, okay, what are the pitfalls? Is this going to work? And then you take a breath. That's what rest, you know, that's what recreation is about. It's about giving yourself some time to digest everything you've just done in inspiration, right? Inspiration is a very social phase. You're meeting and greeting and seeing a lot of people. You're getting and receiving a lot of information and data. And what we often do is we take that and then we go back and start doing more stuff instead of letting it all settle. And so that's why recreation is important. You need to let it settle. And then in transformation, you decide if you're going to do the thing or pivot to something else. Mm. And so how – how do we create the space for recreation and inspiration? And if we're like those busy bodies, where how do we create it? Yeah. So I think for inspiration, we are so used to that, right? We're used to being, and even more so now, I think post-pandemic, we crave being together, being out and about, right? So inspiration, I'm asking you to really examine the types of relationships you have in your life and to really think about and audit what's missing and bring that into your life. And then in recreation, I give you, of course, many examples of what you can do. And I always have this disclaimer, recreation is not exercise, right? For me, exercise (laughs) is like part of preparation, what you do to be ready, you know, get ready for the day. Um, You know, recreation is like play, anything that can just make you or take you out of the zone of work or the dream idea or trying to make this thing happen, whatever that is for you. And I give you tons of examples in the book, you know, of things to think through. But it's just important to turn that switch off for a minute and say, okay, now on to something else that has absolutely nothing to do with what I was doing. And what I promise you is 
you will come back to that idea renewed in a way you didn't know was possible because you just switched off for just a little bit. And I think, um, you know, I was a little cynical about it for a while, but when I started to see it working in my own life, I was like, oh, I've got to keep going. Like, I've got to keep this going. This is really working. Yeah. What was it like for you? What did you notice it opened up for you? So one thing that happens frequently for me in recreation is I come out of it with a thought of how to solve a problem I didn't even know I had. I don't know if you've ever had that experience mm-hmm. where you just thought about something and you're like, I didn't even know that was a problem. Mm-hmm. How did I come up with that solution? Mm-hmm. You know, or have you ever taken a nap and you wake up thinking about something and you're like, where does that come from? <laughs> right? You're like, I mean, that's a good solution, but was I thinking about that? Right? <laughs> like in my subconscious, was I worried about that? And then all of a sudden, like, I, like you know, it's there. That's not by accident, right? You're giving yourself, your body that time to process things and it really does, you know? Mm-hmm. It really takes it down and you're like zen and calm and then all of a sudden something connects or you're on a walk and again, not a walk for fitness, probably mm-hmm. something I'm going to do tonight. Uh, like I've been traveling for a while. Just get out and like see my neighborhood. What does it look like at this point in the spring? You know, who's painting their house? Like all the little discoveries you can have along in a walk. And I'll come back to the house and I'll feel like with that blood pumping, like, oh, I could do this or I could do that. And and that's really the goal is just mm-hmm. to get you outside of yourself for a minute, just to think about other things. And I'm going to make it. I'm going to make this idea happen. It's like, just give yourself a little break from that. I love that because it does feel like you're – it's almost like you're letting your subconscious come to the front. Yeah. Oh, I feel – and I feel like your brain's like – you're say, I hear you saying like your brain's always working for you, but if you're not listening, it's not going to – you're not going to hear what it's got to say. Okay. Oh. You got to like turn down the volume on, on your soundtrack that's constantly playing, right? Mm-hmm. And just let another soundtrack take over. And then you're like, oh, I never thought about that. I never thought about that, right? Mm-hmm. For our fellow cynics who are like, I mean, there's Enneagram types who are like, play is a waste of my time. I I can't do that. Um, What would be your challenge to them? Um, I mean, so that was me. So you should know, full disclosure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a one. Like, let's talk about the perfectionism. Like, I mean, if it were up to me, I would still be fixing my product and it wouldn't be in stores at Target right now. I would still like, it's not ready. Um, so I hear you. And I had to like recreation for me. I just like wasn't on board for a long time. I'm like that hour I could be responding to emails. So what is this about? And what happened is, um, of course, I had to measure it and I had to really ask myself for a while, right? Like, okay, you did this thing. How do you feel? And when I kept checking in and kept checking in, what became really clear was, oh, I feel better. Oh, this mm. is better. Oh, okay, so this is something I have to do, right? But it wasn't, I didn't, I don't blindly do anything. So I wouldn't expect (laughs) your listeners to blindly do anything. What I would say is try it. And also don't start with an hour, start with five minutes, start with 15 and then increase it as you're seeing like this is, that it's working for you. Mm -hmm. I love that because it's like, let's get a little bit of the results and then we can, we'll we'll start craving it more once you get a little. Okay. Um, I'm harping a little bit on recreation because my Enneagram type is a seven and I'm like, let's keep talking about the fun part. Um, (laughs) I dabble in a little seven myself. So I hear you. (laughs) We read that. We read that line. So, um, 
how about transformation? So we've gone through this process. We've hit this place where we have some clarity, and now we have to decide where we're going to put this. What can that look like? Um, so again, another disclaimer, transformation does not mean you have to do the thing you set out to do, mm -hmm. right? A perfect transformation. Like, you know, imagine you've had a childhood dream of opening a bakery. You do all the prep work. You meet people who own bakeries. You go through recreation and you're like, you know what? At this stage in my life, not interested in spending 80 hours a week in a bakery. You have transformed. That idea is now you have fully brought it out of your head. You've actioned on it and decided you're going to move on from that and pivot to something else. That's a perfectly great transformation. Because now I, there's no what ifs, you know? Mm -hmm. I love this because I just in my heart of hearts believe that not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. but some people have to be. <laughs> like Some people are it's like, this is it for me. And for some people, it's like – the, what is it? Like grass is greener on the other side, right? But if you go through the whole process and really ask people, what are the downsides? What, what sucks about doing this? It may not be the kind of thing that's for you. And I think there's a little bit of shame in that in our culture right now around everybody's supposed to want. Oh yeah. To hustle, right? Mm -hmm. this too. I was even using this example of the elevation approaches, like planning a vacation, right? So like, what if you have three young kids and you're like, the thing I need to do with those kids is go to Disney, right? You plan it, you make time in your schedule, you Google, you look up everything you can about the best way to do Disney, you budget it from both a, a time budgeting and financial budgeting, and then you start talking to people who have done the trip, right? Again, the key yeah. thing is people who have done Disney with three kids. <laughs> and after you've talked to everybody and you've had some time to think on it, you're like, you know, my kids really like the beach. Why am I going to do that trip? Nope, we're going to Hawaii instead, right? Totally mm -hmm. fine to pivot because you've, you've gone through the process to say, oh, yeah, this isn't going to work for me and my family, right? That is a transformation because you've still moved past what you thought could happen or should happen, and now you pivot into what is a better fit for you. And then you can, again, work this process super fast, right? It's not going to be, mm -hmm. people can, I, I mean, I work the elevation approach every day. I live my day that way. So you don't have to transform over months. You can transform over hours, you know? And that's my goal is to help you get there where you're so, you're like, you know, no, we do not want to take that trip. That's not going to happen. Or no, I do not want to cook that meal. Like, it should be everything where you're just going in the flow of this process and really thinking about what that work-life harmony feels like. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about what that looks like to use this on a daily basis? Because in my mind, I'm like, there's whiteboards. It, this is like, no. <laughs> this is a major process. Absolutely not. I mean, my process, I um, so my mornings are preparation, my afternoon, late morning, early afternoon, like to probably mid-afternoons, inspiration. Um, my afternoon to early evening includes some kind of recreation. And then the end of my day is transformation because I actually have partners in Hong Kong. And so I my day starts again at like 8 p.m. And so I have to find a way to really manage my energy through what can be a very long and very challenging work day. And so my preparation phase, um, I am – Definitely incorporating some morning rituals right now. Um, it's like a little warm here in Jersey. So it's an iced coffee that I make myself in the morning. You know, sometimes it's hot water with lemon, sometimes it's chai, sometimes it's coffee. Right now it's iced coffee. Um, I will listen to a news briefing that I've, I've curated while I'm getting ready. So it's just like I like hearing a global news briefing. 
Um, I will read a ton of stuff. I'll read some emails. Like I really spend the first couple of hours not really talking to anyone, but just like trying to get up to speed on what I need to get up to speed on. And then I start taking my meetings ideally around like 11. So, I mean, you're in my peak time right now, like 11 to 3. Huh? <laughs> um, and then I don't know if anybody else feels that little like, I don't know, around 3 o'clock, it's like, I need a coffee. I need a something. What I really encourage you to do is, is take a 15-minute recreation break and get that energy back. And yeah. then I come back and I'm ready to like cruise through the evening and transformation and complete some projects, get things going, get some clarity. Um, and I do it every day. And so it's very easy. It's not whiteboards and a lot of it because, again, I'm asking you to get in touch with how you feel, mm -hmm. right? Not to do a lot of stuff. We do all the things, right? The whiteboards and the things and the to-do list. Those are things that keep us on that hamster wheel, right? Mm -hmm. I'm asking you to get off of it. And so it's a, it's living a little bit more intuitively. Okay. I love this. I can't – my mind is like blown that you organize your day like this. <laughs> Honestly, it's so interesting because I think – I think about so many clients that I've worked with who feel shame because of the times of day they like to work. Like some of them are night owls and some of them, they like to work during that time and it like works for them. Yeah. And just kind of having that, that freedom to hold space for all those different elements and organizing it according to your needs and your schedule. And that's, people don't get to, people don't all, yeah, I know so many people who aren't doing that. Well, we don't think we deserve to, right? And before mm -hmm. I was like full on in work-life harmony, I had read an amazing book by my friend Ari Mizell that was all about the art of less doing. And in the book, he suggests that you try to batch meetings and only – he was so strict. He only took meetings on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And I was like, Ari, I don't think I can ever get there. Um, I'm going to do Tuesday through Thursday. And what I started doing when I would take on a new client in the agency is like first call, we're planning when we're going to, of course, have our weekly call. And I would say, you know, my preference is to have it. I would never say it's rock solid, right? Like my preference – would be a Tuesday or Thursday because I love to spend my Mondays and Fridays in strategy with no calls so I'm not disturbed while I'm writing your strategy. And the clients heard not that I was restricting my calendar, but that I was very focused. I was so focused on delivering results for them. I carved out mm -hmm. two full days of my week where I did nothing but work for them, right? So it's amazing what someone hears when you think, oh my goodness, I'm like, not opening up my calendar and what the other person is hearing is you're really committed to delivering results that I'm paying you for, mm -hmm. right? So I think anyone who's challenged with that, whether it's your boss or your family, right? There, There's a way you can have the conversation and say, hey, mom would love 15 minutes in the morning just to me. And mm -hmm. if you can give me that, I'm going to make sure your morning is amazing. And can you help, right? Like you have to bring everybody in. Just, and, and, you know, I think children also need to understand, like my mom was really great about saying what she needed, right? Or like dad's coming home from work. It's been a challenging day. Let's give dad 30 minutes and then we're going to do this as a family, right? So I think mm -hmm. that communication is important. I think for anyone listening who, you know, we have so many people who are just entering their first full-time job, right? Where they're like, I can't ask for anything. I think it's listening and saying, you know, it's how you phrase it. You ask your boss, what's really important to you? Can you tell me about the goals for the next quarter? Where do you see me fitting in? How can I help? Okay. What's the best way? Well, let me tell you this. Okay. If you're, you've got a lot of tasks, is there a way I can get to the really important things on my Mondays and really crush it? 
And then I have this day to be out, you know, and talk about Mm -hmm. that. What I find is you're not saying I need this I, 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 right? The I language Mm -hmm. is what no one wants to hear. When you talk about delivering and how to show up as your best self for the other person, that is what they're picking up on. Yeah. It's reminding me of times I've hired people and they've done this and it's actually instilled trust in me because it's like, oh, you're experienced enough to know what your boundaries are. Mm -hmm. And therefore, like, I trust you versus if someone's a little like, whatever works for you. I'm like, oh, you, you're new. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're fresh. It does. It instills trust. Yeah. And you think like, oh, they have created. And then if the boundary doesn't work, you now have a place to talk about it and why it doesn't work, you know? Mm-hmm. And it just it creates another opportunity to get to know your boss or or you know, better and just to say, why do we do things that way? Sometimes you know how many great ideas come out of just asking, why do we do that? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I thought that was good. Oh, why wouldn't we do this? Do it this way, you know? Oh, you're right. That's a really smart thing to do. So, you know, just don't be afraid to have the conversation. I think don't go in saying, I need this. It has to be that. But let's like, hey, do you mind if we talk about this? And I think you'd be very surprised at what people are open to. And I think you'd be surprised, especially post-pandemic, that your boss might be feeling the same way, right? That they're like, oh, I'm so glad you're saying this. My boss does this to me. I need to take this <laughs> this approach to them, right? Just starts a conversation about what works and how we can all produce and be as productive as possible. Hmm. I love that. So for people at home who are like, I want to start this process, obviously we, we're grabbing the book, we're starting there, but where where can they start preparing? As the book's on their way to them, what do they need to be thinking about or shifting to be available? Yeah. So one, I have a course. Um, it was a pre-order bonus, but of course, anyone who's like, I bought the book, I want the pre-order, I will happily give that to you. And it is like a, a short little audio course where I'm giving you for seven days, like some quick lessons to help you get prepared for the book. Um, and the most important thing I think with any process like this is that you just prioritize making space for it and just being really open to it and and open to what you're going to receive through that process. I think um, it's really important to go into it with no judgment for what comes up, like not judging yourself at all in any way, shape, or form about what you want, what you don't want. Like I'm going to ask you a lot of questions about what you think, what you feel. Very important that you do not judge yourself on any answers. You just get to the bottom of it. Um, and then just commit to to trying one cycle to see if, if this approach can work for you. Amazing. And for people at home who want to stay in touch with you, where can they find you online? Um, TinaWells.com. Um, at Tina Wells on Instagram. And of course, they can find the entire Elevation by Tina Wells collection at Target. They can find the book at Target and wherever our books are sold. Amazing. And we'll link everything in the show notes for you, especially we'll have the line and the book and all the places to connect. So exciting. Awesome. Thank you so much. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.